This is Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zephard, only on 101.9 High FM. According to the 2019 Jewish Community Survey of South Africa, 75% of school-aged Jewish children in our country attend Jewish schools. The findings suggest that the majority of parents send their children to community schools, and I quote, primarily to help strengthen their children's Jewish identities and sense of belonging. End quote. However, Natalie Barnett, whose three children attended Hertzlia School, questions this. In an article she wrote for Dapka.com, she explores the complexity of Jewish identity and the role school can and should play in defining it. Natalie, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. Thank you very much, Sharice. Natalie, I enjoyed reading your article because you raised a number of interesting questions around ideas of what is Jewish identity, what is Jewish education, and how do you best fit it? And I wonder if you wouldn't mind sharing some of your perspective. I did mention in the article that I was doing my master's in Jewish education at the moment, and it's piqued my interest in a lot of areas, but this is definitely one of them, especially, as you mentioned, since my three children have now finished school. And the other is I was involved with the school from a board perspective and as a lay leader for many years. And um, I was privy to a lot of parents' attitudes, but as, as well as school attitudes. So this is what piqued my interest. I have actually done a survey now with Hertzlia parents, and I'm just busy going through and analyzing the data. So it, it, there are some interesting things that have come up there. But it will, in the interviews that follow on, that I will find a lot more of the richer depth in terms of what identity actually means. But just in my anecdotal discussions with people, it's, and, and also some of the scenarios and incidents that happened while I was the chairperson at the school, it was really evident that people identify with different things about, of being Jewish. You know, you might have a religious identity. There might be a Zionist identity. A lot of people are it's around Jewish values for them and particularly tzedakah and tikkun olam. And if you look at from from an American perspective, that's very much what they not the not the religious uh, communities, but more of the traditional and secular ones. They focus much more on the idea of tikkun olam and outreach and social justice. That will be interesting for me to look at when I start doing the interviews as well. You raised a number of things in your article, and the one is, well, the heterogeneity, as you just mentioned, of Jewish mm. identity. In Cape Town, you've got Hertzlia. We've, we can choose which school we send our, our kids to because we just have a, a wider variety. But even so, you, you kind of wonder, uh, sometimes with the schools, to the extent yes. that how do you mm. create a so-called common Jewish identity for a heterogeneous community, or should you be trying to create that? So uh, just to tell you that uh, we have three Jewish schools in Cape Town. There's the Philistial Jewish Day School, and then there's Sinai Academy as well. Oh, and sorry, there's also the um, Cape Town Torah High. So they're actually four. Um, but obviously, Hertzlia being the community school and the biggest one of them all, and that's, that's where the survey took place. You ask, how do we do that? And I think one of the ways is if you look at education generally, schools are there to educate our youth, but it's not just in one specific area. There are different subjects that they cover. And I think by the same token, we should be looking at different subjects within Jewish life and learning and Israel education that offer different concepts, different courses to people or the, the, the kids who are interested in those. 
So just like we have um, subject choice in high school, so I feel that there should be that type of offering and choice with regard to Jewish education. That doesn't mean that we should leave the foundation out, just as we would in pre-primary and primary school in teaching children literacy and uh, numeracy and life skills. So we should be doing with Jewish education. And I think more and more in general education, there's a lot of project-based learning where there's integration of the different subjects. For so many years, there've been silos. and I'm not going to go into why we have that on the different subjects, but more and more now the focus is on combining the learning through those. And there's no reason why we can't combine Jewish learning and Israel education into those very subjects as well. Yeah, you know, I'm just thinking of a great example that did take place at Victory Park where they had the Johannesburg Awakening Minds, which is a homeless Shakespeare group, where they partnered between the English department, the LO department, and the Jewish Studies department. And I thought that was kind of talks to what you are suggesting in terms of going forward. You talk about the foundation, um, you know, and offering, as it were, different streamings of um, Judaism. You know, if you're more into religious, then go and read a text. If you're more into Zionism, you know, maybe get into debate about politics, whatever. I was speaking to a pastor of the Christian religion, and he was saying to me that it's very hard to enforce religion at any kind of stage. And it got me thinking that if you're kind of young, religion maybe isn't particularly meaningful to you. And you were talking in the beginning of your article about how your kind of Yiddish kite came from home. What is the relationship between schools and home? I think that everyone's is different, actually. And the survey that I've just run, one of the stats that I can give you is that I asked parents, what percentage of the Jewish education do they feel should be coming from the school? 51% of the parents said that 50% of the Jewish education should be coming from the school and 50% from the home. But 35% said that 75% should be coming from the school and 25 from the home. So we can see that, you know, it's different. And you mentioned my my upbringing and me growing up. I mean, I had very, very diverse grandparents. So they were all Jewish, but they all came from different backgrounds. So I, I was enriched by that, actually. You know, more and more we're losing that, particularly, you know, if we are born in South Africa and we're bringing our kids up in South Africa, we don't really see as much diversity as we used to, or it's changing, let's put it that way. And there's much more of um, echo chambers and people kind of staying within their own groups. And although we're all mixing in our community and in our school, you know, there are still these 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 differences. You asked, though, about the relationship between school and home. So I I think that part of the responsibility of a school, particularly if it's a community school, is to listen to what the community is asking for, but also to listen to what the community isn't asking for, because there are certain things that they might not know or might not have experience and understand the value of. I think that there could be much more engagement with parents. You know, we often say that the school is a partner or the parents are partners with the school in the education of their children. If that's the case, then there could be a lot more collaboration between parents and schools. So I think that a school, a community school's uh, responsibility is not only to educating children. I think it's to educating parents as well or families as well and including teachers in that also. So that there's, there's a, there really is that triangle 
of where the information is coming from and that it can be shared. I don't think that we can point fingers and say, well, your responsibility is that and my responsibility is that. I think that there's a a really big overlap. I think different people, and never mind in their different roles, but specific individuals have different strengths. And it's really for us to draw on everyone's different strengths and see what they can offer. You know, as they said, it takes a village to raise a child. So that's the way that I see it. Just to my earlier point, in terms of children don't like to be told what to do, probably neither do adults, but the minute children feel that you're enforcing a religion on them or enforcing prayer on them or you have to, you know, do this at a certain time and that is how it works, can you enforce a religion and an identity on somebody who's not interested? That's why I was saying that I think that from a foundation perspective, as per general education, there are certain universal, there's certain universal values and there's knowledge that we all have to know in order to be successful and thrive in our lives. From a Jewish perspective, there's the same. And when you're talking about younger children, they are complete sponges and they are open to so much learning. So if you introduce a a routine or habits from a a young age. So, you know, talk about davening. When they get older, some of them really latch onto it. Obviously, it's the minority, but they feel that that is a place that they belong and they can come together and they can share. Um, Whether it's the actual prayer or just a sense of being together and, and that kind of identity, a lot of them don't, as you say, they don't want to. But if it's introduced from a really young age, you know, moderni for kids in preschool, they sing that song every morning and they say the Shema every single night. It doesn't become, um, you know, something that's a, a burden for them because it's something that's inculcated from a, from a young age. So if we can do the, if we could inculcate those foundational aspects from a young age and continue those through primary school while we're doing the same with reading and numeracy and life skills, then when you, when they get a little bit older and they do get to that age of rebellion and individuation and they want to start doing, you know, what they want to do, then you could offer them as we do with the other subjects. But I think the point is that if they are exposed to it, it doesn't really matter when, then they will always know at a later stage, I remember when I did this, I can go and learn a little bit more about it. So it's not, I don't think, 100% necessary to give them every single little thing. It's impossible, especially in a, in a, when, if it's not a Kurdish school and it's a community, you know, uh, yes, ours is a traditional Orthodox school. It's based on that ideology, but we have all sorts of people coming to the school. So we can't, as you say, enforce it like that. But I think if you can give them um, aspects of Judaism that are hooked so that in later life they can refer to them, I think that that would be ideal. You're calling for a strong foundation and then different streaming of Judaism being offered. Natalie, I enjoyed your article. If anybody would like to read it, it is on dafka.com, which is an online site. You can just Google dafka.com and Natalie Barnett. Um, would you like anybody to get hold of you? Or is there any way if anybody would like to get hold of you? Sure. Um, my email address is my name. It's Natalie Barnett at iafrica.com. Um, just so that you know, it was also republished in the Jewish, Chron- the Cape Jewish Chronicle this past month. So I think quite a few more Cape Town people will have read it as well. 
would be interesting to engage with people. But I think that a lot are waiting for my survey results to come out and from the Hersia perspective and from just my research study. But absolutely, if anyone wants to contact me, I would love that. Thank you very much. That was Natalie Barnett, who has written an article about Jewish education.